you can't just rush through it. You have to, you have to be with the grief and you have to um, kind of like realize what happened. Well, what happened there? And realize what decisions you made about yourself or other people or life. Once you realize, oh, this is what happened, these were my feelings, and this is what I decided. Wow, so here I was, this little girl, and I answered my own question. I mean, I, I started with a question. It's like, why am I afraid to be intimate? Why am I afraid to let people see me? That was the question. And I walked around for, I, I think I had a God box in those days, and I, I wrote it down on, the, on a piece of paper. Please show me why you know, what this issue is. And I put it in the God box and I walked around kind of in, in this open query. Why is it? And then this story is sort of like coming to me. It keeps coming to me three or four times a day. And I'm like, huh, why am I thinking about that thing with that lady when I was six? Why am I thinking about that? Oh, well, well, actually, you know, I've never really gone into the feelings around that. I just know that it happened. What if I explore that? And then, wow, there's a lot of stuff in there, you know. And, but, but what was most important is what did I decide? What did I decide about myself in that moment? I decided there's something wrong with me. I decided there's something that was disgusting about me because an adult's energy was strong on me about that. And I didn't have, a, I didn't have the wisdom or the uh, healthy adults around me to take that story to and make a different decision. Like... If, I, if my mom had been connected and present and I went, oh my God, Mrs. So-and-so just yelled at me and she made me feel like there was something wrong with me. Oh my God. You know, and she would sit down and listen and sort it out with me. She said, well, you know, there's something going on with that lady. There's nothing wrong with you. Right. You know, there's something going on. She's really, actually, she's really mad at your dad and I about some stuff that's just grown up stuff. It's not you at all. There's nothing wrong with you. And she should not have yelled at you. You know, so if, if I'd had that resource, in that moment, I wouldn't have had made this made this decision in my my unformed brain about there must be something wrong with me. I'm I'm disgusting, you know, and that here that affected me in my relationships for 20 years, you know, or, or more, um, because it was in the unconscious and it wasn't seasoned with good information. So sometimes we go through something and um, you know maybe it was just a a, a loss thing or a disappointment thing or whatever, but um, we didn't have enough support to uh, complete it in a way that uh, left us empowered instead of making some other, you know, uh, conclusion about ourselves or about life or about people. I gave you a little handout about the eight steps to freedom, and this is what my book is about. My book has a chapter for each step. It also has a chapter about forgiving God, forgiving life. It also has a chapter about forgiving yourself. And um, it has a quick review section in the back so you, with little pictures so you can like, you know, just if you have something come up, you go, okay, well, how do you do that? You know, and you, you close the door and turn your phone off and you take an hour and you work yourself through these things. So, so basically, this is what goes into the process of healing a story. And it kind of goes in this order. It's not always exactly in this order. Some, sometimes they're kind of switching things around a little bit um, because it makes sense. But um, basically, at a certain point, you realize 
okay, you know what? I need to do this. So I'll, I'll just use myself as an example. I need to forgive my friend. I need to forgive her for um, not being in my life anymore. You know, like someone who's like really in your daily life and they're not in your daily life anymore. And so I'm in the stage right now of preparing to do that. I'm kind of walking and noticing how much I think about it. Wow, I think about it a lot. Hmm. You know, and how it's springtime and I have this little habit of trying to do something. If, if something's present, to do it before Easter because Easter is the time of rebirth and renewal. So I'm going to look at my calendar and say, when is Easter? And I'm going to make a plan. Okay, so I'm preparing. And um, that means I'm allowing myself to... Um, notice the feelings as they come up. And feelings come up, as I said, here, belly, heart, throat. That's where emotions tend to be, you know. So as I find myself uh, ruminating about something, about my friend, I'm going to, like, notice, like, oh, okay, I'm thinking about that. Oh, how do I feel about that? Oh, I feel mad about that. I feel mad about that. Oh. You know, and I feel this indignant little thing I want to say. And I, I just start noticing and, and, and becoming more aware of the story. And when it's time to do it, I'm going to have someone with me to um, help me get through the process. Because if you're doing a big one, it's nice to have a helper. Because they will add more spiritual energy to the process. And they will, if it's someone who's good with feelings, they'll help you get to the bottom of the feelings and let them out. So I'm going to... Um, it takes some time, and I'm going to have a, this private space where I can really, like, be with something for an hour or so. I'm going to put an empty chair out in front of me. I'm going to have a box of Kleenex. If I'm really mad, I might want to have something I can, a pillow I can punch or something I can kick. If I'm really mad, that's not going to happen in this case. But I'm, I'm going to uh, start with my will, my determination. I says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to let this go. I will let this go. Using the word I will is very powerful. Saying so like, well, I don't know, I'm going to try and do this. That's not will. I will let this go. I will. It's like it's a good day to die. I will do this. I say that out loud. I will let this go um, because I need to move on and be joyful again. I will let this go because I can't make you come back. And I can't keep suffering about this. I can't keep mourning. You made a good point, Monica, about how there was a mourning period. But then you wanted to complete at a certain point. You don't want to be one of those tragic characters that they wrote about in you know, the old days where there was you know, a tragedy that happened and it shaped everything for 40 years, and that was a story. There's a lot of stories of people that just stopped when a certain tragic thing happened. You know, um, Jane Eyre, you know, I don't know. There's the old, it's kind of an old, it's an old romantic um, notion that tragedy happens and it stopped the growth of something and then you just had to work around it all these years you know but so I'm gonna say my will I'm going to then um, let myself have my emotional truth step two is my emotional truth and that's where I look at I imagine this person in the chair and I start saying my feelings with the language of emotion like you know what I am so devastated that you did that, and I'm just incredulous that you would end our friendship, that you wouldn't, you know, find some way of going forward, you know. And I'm just, I'm just heartbroken 
you know, I'm getting, this is the language of emotion. I'm heartbroken. I'm devastated. I'm sad. I'm mad. I hate you. I, whatever. There's, these, there's ways of speaking our feelings that are emotional truths, and they're not the same as our mental truth. Our mental truth might be being very, very fair and spiritual and compassionate and understanding. That's, you can be that way on a mental level or a spiritual level, and yet on your emotional level, you're like, damn you, gosh, you know? And, and here you are all understanding and compassionate, and here you are like, ah, you know, you frustrate me. I'm so mad at you. That's, they're on different circuits. So you take some time to speak out your emotional truth. Um, I feel this way, you know. And uh, you, there may be tears. There may be yelling. There may be uh, vehement talk and sweating. Um, maybe very soft and kind of tender and quiet where you're touching into the sadness. I'm just so sad. I'm so sad. And you know that you're feeling this sadness right here in your chest. I'm just sad. Maybe there's not a lot of words, but you're just feeling it you know, very actively. At a certain point, it shifts. And you're like, okay, now what? And you've probably had that experience where you've been upset about something or grieving something for a while, and it was with you for a while, and one day you thought, okay, enough, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have to shift out of this. Who knows that moment I'm talking about? You've had enough of walking the emotional truth and you need to move on so what do you do you go to the next step the mind in the mind there are a few expectations positive things that you believe in and that you think should have happened and the things you think are right the things you think are best and you say those out as you change it from a, a should an expectation you should to I wish I prefer so should inside you feels very harsh and tense, and it, it, it kind of hurts us if you, if you carry it like that for a long time. I wish is softer. It's, it's a preference. It honors your values. It honors what you think is right and good, <clears throat> but it holds it lightly. So instead of this inside you, which is tension, it's this which is, you know, this is what I would have wanted, but I'm moving on. So you identify in your mind um, with step three, and step three has a few steps to it, as you can see, as you cancel the expectation. First, you shift it to a preference. You know what? I would have preferred that you had declared, I'll just talk about my friend. I don't have my feelings present because it's not the moment, but... You know, I really would have preferred that you had reaffirmed our commitment and our heartfelt lifelong connection to each other. Because we talked about growing old together, and we talked about buying property together when we were old and taking care of each other. You know, like, there was future in it. would really prefer that you would have found a way to um, come back and rebuild our trust and go forward. Step B, acknowledge reality, but you won't do that. Because I asked her, you know, will you? I'm here. I can't, she said. But you can't. Step C, and I'm going to restate my will, and I can't 
grieve this anymore. I can't wait for you anymore. I will move on. Therefore, I now release. And I like to use body language. It's almost like you have a tether, a cord, a tie that's kind of connecting you to this person. Um, I release it. I, I, I break it. I sweep it away. I release my expectation that you would um, make a plan with me for reinventing our next phase together. I, I release my expectation that you could forgive this. I release my expectation that um, you would intrinsically trust me like you always did. You know, she said her trust is broken. So I release the expectation that you could go forward with me. I, release, I would really prefer that we still had a vision of being old ladies together. But that has to end now. And I release my expectation that we would be old ladies together. So back in step two, I've maybe had a few tears about that. I wanted to be an old lady with you. You know, we wanted to go to Venice and feed pigeons. We wanted to do this and that. We had all these dreams, you know. I, I would have cried about that. But after I'm in, into this step, I'm now saying, you know, this is what I would have wanted, but okay, letting it go. And we have to break things down into parts. I can't just blanket forgive her. I might, there might be like five or six things here. I've just told you a couple of them about being old together and going to Venice together and things like that that are things to let go of. So maybe like five or six things. You take each one. I really wish this, but you won't do that, and I will no longer suffer. I release it. I really wish that. I prefer that, but you won't do that, and I need to move on. I release it. So you see how you're reinvoking your will for moving forward. Facets? Yeah, they're facets of a story. Yeah. You know, so like when I forgave my dad, three big sessions, one was one big facet that he was absent through alcohol. Another one was that he didn't protect me and teach me. That was a different session. Another one was that he himself uh, hurt me when he was drunk. So you know, one one facet at a time. You want to break it down. That's why when people say, okay, I forgive you, does it work? Because you know what? They needed to say these three to eight things. I, you know, I, this, you did this, and I felt that way, and uh, you know, and this. There might be like, you know, 30 incidents, but the theme was irresponsibility. And then there was these 15 things happened, but the theme was abusiveness. And these 10 things that happened, but the theme was selfishness. So the expectations have to do with irresponsibility, abusiveness, selfishness. And then you to figure out what you're releasing, it's kind of like you flip them on their head. I would really prefer that you were responsible to your family members, but you weren't. And I release it. Now, when you're crying in step two, you can say, you know, you might take 20 minutes and, and name them, you know. But then it just boils down to one thing. I would really wish that you were a mature and responsive man, responsible man, but you weren't. I release my expectation that you would have been a mature and responsible man. And if you have had your will in place and you have cried and yelled enough, it will dissolve. You know, it, it, it will go. 
and then you go to the next one. And I would really prefer that you had been kind and respectful. This is like the opposite of being abusive, right? I really wish you had been kind and respectful, but you weren't. And I will no longer hate you. I release my expectation that you would have been kind and respectful. You go in there. And then the third one, and I would really prefer that. So you see how that is? There's like a lot, of, especially if you with parents, there was all this daily life stuff right. with your mom or dad or with a sibling. Oh my God, all this daily life stuff. There's like, you know, 25 little incidents. But it's really only one kind of one story in a way that come together. So say um, like in relationships, maybe you've had three or four unsuccessful relationships with a, a partner or somebody you were with and it's kind of a theme kind of like oh man you know why do I always pick the person who blah 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 you know why, why I really thought I was picking differently this time why do I pick this person again because there's a tap root underneath it's like actually this is about your dad or your mom and and what you learned there about love and if you go into that which is you know, deeper and harder, but, but at the core of it, and you forgive there, all that other relationship stuff just kind of flushes, flushes down the toilet, just kind of goes its way because it was a deeper taproot. So, so step, step three, we are naming the expectation as a positive thing, saying, you know, I wish this, but this is not the way it is, and now I and I will move on, so I release it. We release these several things. And then we move to step four, where we establish, reestablish our boundary. We, we imagine we can take all this stuff, you know, all these things that have to do with the other person, really, that you can't control or change, and you give it back to them. You give them their responsibility. I need to give my girlfriend her full responsibility for her tendency to isolate, for her tendency to be a workaholic, for her tendency. I give you your stuff. This is your stuff. This is not about me. You didn't isolate and work day to night and never see me because you were healthy or because there was something wrong with me. This is what you did, and this is how it affected us. It's like, I give this back to you. And we, visual and we visualize our boundary like a bubble of light around us, my space, my healthy personal space. This is inside my bubble and in my, inside my sphere of light are my thoughts, my actions, my needs, my energy, my ways, my values, right? So we get our boundaries back and surprisingly, things shift in the whole family system um, in different ways. Um, but meanwhile, you don't have a rise anymore of stress when you're around this person. Um, so you have your boundaries and then you, you open up. Step five is like, you know what? Let's find out how this could be different. Let's open up to life in a new way. Let's open up to spirit helping me with this in a new way. Let's open up to the best that can happen here in a new way. Because you, you, you get out of the like, uh, this sort of like revolving hamster wheel. And you say, you know what, God, intervene. Thank you very much. <laughs> I welcome your intervention. You open up to something different and new and positive happening. And then you um, open up to a source of spiritual energy, which we visualize as a light over the head, about 
uh, 12 inches to 18 inches above the head, just like in the diagram I, I gave you guys, we visualize the soul, the higher power, like a, like a sun, like a sphere of peaceful, loving light that's got healing properties, that's connected to the universe, that's connected to God. And we imagine we can open up the top of our head and bring in some new energy into the system. Bring in new spiritual energy into the system, into the body, into the emotions, into the mind, into the energy. Okay? And you'll see me when I work with someone do this. You just, you just assume it. You visualize it. You assume it, and it actually works. It's actually something going on there. People that do healing work and they work with the chakras and the energy field and the auras, they say there is an overseeing chakra up here that is kind of our plug-in between the personal self and the spiritual world. It's right here. And you imagine that there's a channel here that you can just open up and bring in this new energy. And people feel this physically. They feel it. Sometimes they see light come into their heads or they feel tingles coming, you know, showering down, or they feel warmth, or they feel peace, or they feel quietude. It's different for different people. When you do that step, what does that feel like? When you yeah, open, expansive, you know, before where I was constricted and mm -hmm. kind of like waiting for the next blow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's more space and I can breathe. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I usually feel it like a quietude, like my mind just gets real quiet and I feel this sense of quiet coming through me and um, that's what that spiritual energy feels like to me. So we, we're just with that for a few minutes till you feel kind of both empty and full at the same time. Like you're empty of the issue but you're full of this kind of nice peaceful energy that's your real self. And then to the next step, we send some of that out to them. We send some love and light from a higher level out to the person we're forgiving. We just imagine, you know, you can extend your hands and symbolically and imagine love and light coming from the higher power through you and out to them. And visualize sending some of that good energy to them, just the way they are, and releasing them. I send you this light and love, and I release you to be yourself. I release you to be you, and I release myself from you, right? So you're sending a blessing, and you're also saying, and I'm not, I'm not connected in this personal tussle anymore. I'm, I am connected to you spiritually by just sending you some love because you're one of God's creatures. You know, there you go. Good luck. All the best. Blessings. But no, I'm not going to invite you to the wedding. <laughs> you get to do that. <laughs> you can have a boundary. Personally, say, I'm not going to invite you to the wedding. And God bless you. You know, wish you the best. The, we, that's, that's the correct way to be with people. The enmeshed, problematic, codependent way to be with people is where we're like, oh, ugh, all enmeshed and tangled up on a personal level and we're disconnected spiritually. That feels terrible. So what feels better is that we are separate as individuals, but we're connected as souls on a journey. You Whether can we love get. That soul. Pardon me? You can love the soul. You can love the soul. And it's not like a sentimental love. It's not like a friendly love. It's just a more impersonal, uh, universal kind of like, I'm, I'm going to love everybody and everything. You know. And at the end, we see the good in the person or the situation. So it'll be easy for me to see the good in my friend. She was my best friend. I adore her, you know, and like many qualities she has that I admire. That will be easy. Maybe what I want to do is, what's the, what's the good in the situation now? I mean, this is not what I expected. I 
thought she was going to be part of my life. And it's not, but what, what might be good about that? Well, you know, there was these couple things that were always a little bit hard, you know, and I don't have to deal with them anymore. Um, I have opened myself up to receiving more love from more people in my life. And like, since I have had this experience, I feel like people have been running up to me like, love you, want to get together? And I'm like, okay, I need love. Oh, you know, some people that have been less sort of like friends waiting to go off, you know, like dormant, dormant friends, they're like popping like popcorn, like, oh, wow, I've been around my friend John for 15 years, but now we've gotten together twice. You know, that, that's new. It's new because I had to let go. I made room in my life. This other person left, you know, and like, okay, all right, John. Yeah, love me. Yeah. So there's some good things happening, you know, and as of now, I'm still kind of wistful and sad, and I wish that I had my love. But, you know, that I'll, I'll get to the other side of it. This spring, I will. I will. I've, I have more and long enough, I believe. So that's the process, and it pretty much goes like that. The first step is like, okay, I'm getting ready. I'm going to make a change. Mm -mm, I will. I'm and then the next steps, emotions and mind and boundaries, are all kind of like dealing in the personal self to loosen up the issue. The next ones where you open up and you bring in spiritual energy and you send love and light, those are spiritual steps. That's like, so you're preparing the personal self in the earlier steps, and then you're, you're preparing to bring in some new energy. And that is what forgiveness feels like. Forgiveness feels like a, an energetic experience. It's not just a thought. It's not like, you know, it's, it's just not a thought. It's, it's physical and, and emotional. It's a shift in how you're being with something inside. So, so that's how it goes. And um, uh, I encourage you to read the book, listen to the podcasts, practice at home with the little things, you know, and, um, and start developing this, this felt sense of it. And for the bigger things, um, come see me in the office or you know, we'll do some stuff today or if you want to come to the extra public workshop in May and get another dose. Um, the bigger things, I always get help with my bigger things. I'm going to have help when I, you know, do the uh, forgiveness work with my best friend. I'm going to have someone with me because it doesn't matter that I know the steps. It's I need compassion and I need support. And I need, you know, Jesus said when two or more are gathered, I am there. You know, when you have another human being with you, there's more spiritual energy present. 